0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, February 3rd, 2015. I'm Caleb Brown. The U.S. trade agenda, long stalled, is alive again. But trade agreements these days involve all manner of demands, from intellectual property protection to labor standards to punishing countries for so-called currency manipulation. Dan Ikinson directs the Cato Institute's trade policy studies. He comments on how Congress and this president should advance free trade. One would think that with a Democratic Congress and a Democratic president, that the trade agenda would be alive within the parameters set by Democrats, but now we have a Republican Congress and a Democratic president, and yet, for whatever reason, the trade agenda is very much alive. Why is that?
1: Trade is clearly an issue that divides the Democratic Party, and it sort of unifies the Republican Party. And... uh, you know, this president has had sort of a strange tack with respect to his trade agenda. He's been very hot and cold. He has uh, announced initiatives to liberalize trade, but then never talked up the benefits of it, uh, never was willing to confront Congress, the leadership in Congress, Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid. In fact, when when he became president, the, the climate in Congress was so anti-trade uh, that the president didn't even try. He just sort of capitulated to that environment. And... Then he, you know, he he, he responded to the changing uh, uh, context of Congress. You know, the Republicans took control in, in 2011, and he suddenly uh, relented and, uh, and and allowed the agenda to move forward. But in fits and starts, really. As
0: uh, Bill Watson pointed out in our State of the Union response, this president in his State of the Union address really gave probably the most anemic defense of trade agreements
1: that uh, that could be offered. Yeah. Now, that's been his style since the outset. Uh, you know, in 2011, when he uh, there were these pending bilateral agreements that had been negotiated during the, the Bush administration that Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid took off track. Uh, he finally decided to lend his support. He recognized he needed to do something. Uh, But that year, he also kicked into gear the Trans-Pacific Partnership negotiations. His trade uh, uh, representative was going full bore on that. But the president spoke defensively about trade, as he did in the State of the Union uh, a couple weeks ago. He he just gives an excuse for we have to do this because you know the world around us is is gonna is gonna go on without us. Uh, we have to write the rules before China does. There's no affirmative mention of the real benefits, the value creation, and the freedom associated with trade.
0: Yeah, never mind that you could make the most basic argument, which is trade is the source of
1: most wealth that people enjoy on Earth. Yes, there's <laughs> that. That is the argument that isn't made. Uh, there is just there's so much peripheral uh, rhetoric about the trade agenda, about um, restraining business or restraining um, activities, it's it's not about freeing trade, it's about managing trade. And, you know, it's interesting because as a free trader, uh, I'm often asked, you know, how how can I support free trade agreements like the Trans-Pacific Partnership? Um, And... I'm not 100% sure that I will. It depends on the terms of that agreement when we when we see it, and that's going to probably happen pretty soon. Uh, there's a lot of liberalization, and if on on par, the, 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 it's net liberalizing, I would support it. But we have to be aware that there is some protectionism baked into these agreements, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how bad that is uh, over the coming months.
0: Republicans and Democrats both want to lard up trade agreements with their particular... Uh, constituencies' preferences uh, for Republicans. Uh, As I spoke with uh, Dan Pearson recently, they want to punish countries for what they call currency manipulation. That is a big
1: issue. There's uh, Republicans and Democrats are... On board, uh, they've, this has been an issue since the early two thousands. Chuck Schumer introduced some very silly legislation in two thousand three to impose a twenty seven and a half percent tariff on imports from China because the currency was allegedly undervalued. Uh, that 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 issue has not really gone away, uh, but I, I think there is an effort to attach currency provisions to the to the TPP and to future trade agreements. But hopefully, it will be. Pushed aside. I mean, globalization, because of uh, cross-border supply chains and transnational uh, investment, uh, currency currency values matter a lot less to imports and exports because not not everything is made in one spot anymore. Uh, So there's sort of it's really a wash. But the other issues that Republicans push for more rigid intellectual property protections, uh, protections for U.S. investors abroad. Um, and things that the Democrats want, like rigid labor uh, and environmental provisions, these things don't have a whole lot to do with trade, but they are included in trade agreements as part of the process to, you know, to to to, as you say, lard 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 it up. Nancy Pelosi was
0: loath to give this president trade promotion authority, and uh, is it, when's it going to happen, and what are going to be the terms?
1: Yeah, so trade promotion authority is an important expedient. Uh, it's mischaracterized by the media. It's been mischaracterized by by Democratic uh, leaders in particular. Some Republicans on the far right characterize it as sort of an executive power grab. Uh, but under the Constitution, the, the Congress has the authority to regulate foreign commerce. The president has the authority to enter into foreign treaties. Uh, this is a compact, really, between the executive and, and the legislature. Media will say, well, this agreement, the Trade Promotion Authority gives the president the authority to go out and negotiate an agreement in secret and bring it back, and Congress can only vote yea or nay with no chance of amendments. Well, the fact is, Congress gives a set of conditions to the president. Uh, the last Trade Promotion Authority legislation which was proposed last year, which never came to a vote, had I think 134 congressional mandates. So. Mr. President, uh, if you go out and negotiate an agreement and you hit all these benchmarks, then we will give you fast-track treatment, meaning we will consider the legislation, consider the treaty within 60 days or 90 days without amendment. Um, there are some Republicans uh, on the far right who are loath to give the president uh, TPA also because this this presidency, uh, there, there, there are many examples of executive power grabs in this administration. I don't think we should characterize TPA that way. It's important. Without it, it's very difficult to get an agreement through Congress the way it was negotiated because foreign governments uh, are going to expect that it's going to be picked apart in Congress. So, first of all, they're not going to put their best offers on the table uh, until they know the deal negotiated with the trade rep is the deal that's going to go through Congress.
0: Dan Eikenson is director of the Cato Institute's Trade Policy Studies. Read more of his work at Cato.org.